Welcome to episode number 30 of the Four Animals for Earth podcast. This is a bonus episode to episode number 29. The title is Wild Animals. They're a lot like us. I'd be so upset and everything and I'd go to feed her and right away she could read that I was upset and that would put her into a defensive mode and then she would start stomping the floor or just, you know, go into a situation where I can't walk in and feed you now because I've made you upset because of my being upset. That was Kristen Burford, founder of the Care Foundation. That's an exotic animal rescue and wildlife education center located just north of Walt Disney World in Orlando, Florida. If you haven't heard already, um, episode number 29 was my full interview with Kristen. I hope you'll check that out. So today's bonus episode is a little bit of a dive into some of the animals that she lives there with. This is super cool because we get a special glimpse into their unique personalities and how a lot of uh, things about them are similar to us. I think you'll be really um, fascinated and intrigued by this. So for the video of our interview, any important leaks and the full show notes, go to foranimalsforearth.com slash podcast slash 30. Hi there, this is Brandy, and you're listening to the Four Animals for Earth podcast. This is a space where we inspire each other to take small steps every day to live a more conscious life, helping animals and the planet while we do it. I'm so glad that you're here. Let's all take a deep breath and let's get started. There are so many things about animals that are so similar to us as humans. And a lot of times outside of, you know, dogs and cats, mostly, we don't have a lot of that interaction. And so it's easy to sometimes kind of bucket animals in a certain way without necessarily thinking of personality and thinking of their mm -hmm. unique characteristics that make them a very unique being just like every single one of us are. And I think then that causes just kind of different behaviors such as um, purchasing fur because you're, you're detached from it or mm -hmm. something that's tested on an animal because it's like, well, yeah, it just has to happen, you know, because we're not that familiar with those animals. Right. And so I thought maybe we could talk today just about a few different animals that you help. And, um, I'm thinking of just hitting three questions on, on each of them, which is one cool thing about this type of animal that we probably don't know. Okay. why this type of animal needs our help and how we can help. Okay. So are you going to tell me which animals? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know what? I'll prompt you. I'll, I'll go ahead with a couple. And then okay. if there's others that you want to cover, we can do that because okay. I think you know better than me. Um, but one that I thought would be really cool to start with is monkeys because mm -hmm. Amos, a Amos, 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 not Os, Amos. <laughs> Amos and Amos. Yeah. Amos. Oh my God. Did you hear him? No, they just brought him. He, he lives in the house at night and he comes in for dinner. He was out all day. I said his name and he just made his happy noise. Oh, so, I love it. Let me see if he'll do it again. Amos, famous Amos. Did you hear that? Yeah, I did. It I was did. very, I faint, think so. I think yeah, so. he's all the way in the other room. Yeah. Oh, I love he's it. Very reactionary. As you can tell, that's one thing about him. So <laughs> So, uh, I, yeah, you want to know about Amos? Yeah, you know, because I feel like, honestly, he seems like 
a best friend to you. And I feel like you spend so much time with him and having him as, you know, a best friend. I feel like you have probably seen so much more about his species than, you Mm -hmm. know, 99.99% of us. And I wonder like what being so close to him has taught you about monkeys. Never underestimate them. Um, Honestly, I had never worked spider monkeys before he came in. He came in as one of the original ones in a horrifying situation. Um, The reason why he comes in every night is because he, um, he came from a couple that passed away He was actually attached to the dead woman, his mom. Uh, When he first came in, um, off and on for about a year, over a year, really, he was having nightmares. So the other monkeys, all the monkeys, all four of the monkeys, when we first took them in, had to stay in my house for about two months. Um, We had to rig it up because they they were scared to death to be outside. And um, the the three little monkeys were kept in bird cages. Each had a little bird cage. And then Amos had a big bird cage. Um, and yeah, Amos uh, had nightmares and I'd have to get up and rock him. He's genuinely like a toddler. And so my one veterinarian had a spider monkey. So when he came in, I'm like, how is this different from the capuchins I'm used to working with and everything? And, and she kind of laughed and she said, you'll find out. I'm like, great, great. So um, what I did find out was, um, he does he watches tv i have a couple monkeys that actually watch tv he'll come in at dinner time in the daytime we actually we take him outside we let him choose which monkeys he wants to hang out with Um, we can physically let him walk to wherever he wants for the day and then at night he comes in has dinner and watches tv and um, a lot of times he'll be loose just hanging out with me wearing his diaper and everything um, but Amos, um, unlike the other monkeys, understands human emotion on TV. So we have to actually uh, like PG his TV shows. Um, I first found that out when I was watching. I think it was, um, I think it was the closer. It was the closer, the TV show about the detect uh, the police. Um, they were chasing this one girl and they surrounded her. She was on drugs and she was flipping out and Amos got upset because they were surrounding her. He actually got up and started, he was in his cage at the time, shaking the cage, shaking his head and growling. It's the first time I had seen him ever do that. And ever since then, it's like if somebody cries on TV, he'll start to cry. I mean, he actually genuinely understands it. If somebody does something good, one of his all-time favorite shows is um, MasterChef Junior with Chef Ramsey and the kids. Oh my God, I'll be in the other room. And if a kid does something good, he gets excited. He makes his happy noises. What's really funny, like really funny is he loves Chef Ramsey. And if anybody else yells at somebody on TV, he'll growl and shake his head. If Chef Ramsey does it, there's no reaction. Like he knows the people are being stupid. So it's really interesting working with Amos because he does understand things like he'll disappear to the kitchen and he knows if he brings something to me, he can either have it or he can have, I'll trade him. Um, he one time grabbed something and hid it from me and he, he was not pleased. I took it away. I put him away. I locked him down and everything from that one time he learned that if he was open with it, then he'd, he'd get some or he'd get a treat. But if he tried to hide it, it's nothing. It's, it's all bad. 
So yeah, he actually is, is very smart about stuff like that. And you can give him a magazine or a book. If you give him something new he's never seen before, he will go page by page. And I've actually seen him use his fingernail to separate pages so he doesn't miss a page. So he's, he's like having a small child around. So that's that I had to totally adjust my life, you know, because the first week I had him, I could barely even put him down. And that's why we call him famous Amos because the, the situation was so horrific. It got media attention. And then everybody wanted to come see how the monkeys were doing. And he was like the focal point since, you know, he was so attached, you know, he just latched onto me as his new mom. So yeah. And now all, all the volunteers are his aunts and uncles. He'll give them a hug and happy noise when he, he sees them. So yeah, he goes out to dinner all the time with all the volunteers. Like most of the volunteers come in on Sunday and we'll take them out to dinner with us. And he's the best behaved. Even the, the waitresses say they've had kids that were just horrible and Amos is so well behaved. So that's Amos. Gosh, that's amazing. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, obviously for his situation, you know, in, he, he needed help because he came out of a situation. What would you say is the best way that people can help monkeys? And, you know, I, I, he's a spider monkey. I know we've talked mm -hmm. about like other types of monkeys, you know, right. what, why do they need our help and what could we do? Yeah, the biggest thing right now is um, the rainforest, the slashing and burning of the rainforest. There's, there's no reason for it. Um, a lot of that is being done for logging, which we can log other places. And a lot of it is for uh, farmland and everything. A lot of um, the beef that you find in your stores in the United States comes from other countries. A lot of it. It's, it's crazy when we have so many farmers here in the United States. Um, so, yeah, they, they slash and burn for their cattle and with no regard to the animals living there. So that's a lot of the problems right now is we have to make a stand and protect the rainforest quite simply, you know, and that, that helps all the animals at, at that point. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that's the big thing, you know, protecting the rainforest any way you can. So, yeah. Yeah. I think that's great. And there's, um, we'll link to, you know, a couple of different places that you can go to help people that are on foot in these places trying to protect the yeah. rainforests. And then I would imagine I'm not a meat eater, but I imagine you can buy local meat. Yeah. Is that farm raised? Yeah. I, I mean, I eat, I don't eat red meat right now or pork, but um, yeah, there there's places that actually have the organically fed animals that um, free range. Like I only buy eggs that are free roaming, free ranging eggs or chickens. So yeah, you can, you can look at the products and the labeling says it right there. If they're free ranging, there's cattle that's free ranging. That's, you know, treated differently than the farm raised, you know, the typical farm raised ones. So yeah, I encourage people to, to look at what they're eating and um, help the ones that are actually, you know, treating their animals really well, basically. Perfect. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. And that actually helps then local economy and stuff like that too. So right. really Absolutely. good. Yeah. Um, how about snakes? So I know that you are passionate about snakes and something that I have just noticed on Instagram that I find very interesting is you will know a 
specific personality for each one of uh -huh. the snakes that you work with, which I don't know that I ever really thought about that prior to, you right. know, I always think every animal is so unique, but I don't know. I guess I didn't think much about it with snakes, but right. they are. And um, so what can you share that um, you've learned from the different snakes that you've seen that we may not know? Um, I don't even know where to start with that, really. Um, if you hand raise a snake and you treat it well um, and you keep it healthy, um, most snakes can be a really good pet. Um, I've had, I, I have an albino Burmese python I can hand off to children. I mean, he's huge, but I've had kids sit on picnic tables and wrapped it around them and everything. And um, I've had a lot of people say, oh, Burmese are all nasty and all that. No, they're not. This one was hand raised and, and I handled it when it came in a lot. And um, yeah, so it, it depends on how they're raised and all that. There are species just like dogs, just like anything else. There's certain species that tend to be a little more aggressive and everything. Um, for instance, anacondas. I had an anaconda that was the most amazing snake. I, another one that I could hand off to anybody. And typically anacondas are very aggressive. Um, but I hand raised that snake. I worked with it every day. It, it never tried to bite. Even in a feeding response, I could feed it and it would grab the food and, and never try to grab me. So um, yeah, they, they do have personalities. I have snakes that um, I had one. Oh my God. I had one cobra that um, he, I had one person I was training to work the venomous. And this cobra was like the easiest going cobra I've ever seen. Just a big puppy dog and all. But for some reason, it read that the guy was nervous and all and would give the guy a hard time every single time. So they do have personalities, even, even reptiles, cold-blooded reptiles have personalities. So it's just getting to know, you know, because I get so many animals in um, that I don't know how they've been raised or whatever, I have to be careful at first and I have to evaluate it on the personality I'm seeing and then figure out, is it because of the way it was handled? Is it not healthy? You know, there's a lot that goes into it, especially with reptiles. Reptiles are tough um, because you might not see an obvious um, situation. The big cats too, you have to watch them because in the wild, it's survival of the fittest and sick ones can, can mask that they're sick for quite a long time until it gets to the critical point. And so that's one thing why I'm so hands-on with our animals here. I can walk out and look at any one of my animals and see if it's just not right and figure it out. I can usually catch if something's sick right away, but it's because I know these animals. So. Yeah. Wow. That's, um, that's really interesting. And it, you know what? It makes me just think of, um, <laughs> kind of like us as human beings, you know, like we all have all this stuff that's underneath the surface yeah. <laughs> from our years yeah. of, you know, stuff. And it's right. just, it's interesting how, um, same thing with the animals. Like I, yeah. you know, I'm just picturing like an alligator somewhere, what they maybe have gone through and has formed right. them into who they are today. Exactly. They're, they're just like people in that regard. If you've been treated bad and all, yeah, you're not going to trust people. So, and that's something I have to, I've had to work with, with several of the animals. So, Interesting. and that's why, and that's also another thing too. Um, if you're going to run a place like mine and have the volunteers and all that, sometimes pardon the expression, but you have to put it aside. If you're having a bad day and all, but you have to go work a specific animal, you got to put yourself in the right frame of mind. Um, there've been times my bear super sensitive 
there have been times when I've been upset. Um, it's usually at my ex, believe it or not, my ex. Um, I'd be so upset and everything, and I'd go to feed her. And right away, she could read that I was upset, and that would put her into a defensive mode. And then she would start stomping the floor or just, you know, go into a situation where I can't walk in and feed you now because I've made you upset because of my being upset. And so I learned very quickly, you've got to just, you know, focus on what's going on at the moment, forget everything else and just, you know, deal with your own stuff in addition to dealing with their stuff. So it's a pretty amazing, um, I think skill probably to learn in life, to be able to really be present and be it's able not to, easy. yeah, I yeah. can't imagine it is. I cannot it's imagine like, it. Is. Also this, this is another thing. It brings it up. Um, if you get grabbed by an animal, like I've worked big cats most of my life, you get grabbed by a big cat. You better not freak out. That'll just spur that animal on to make it a worse situation. So that's one of the hardest things you have to teach other people is you have to, you have to not react, even though you're getting that adrenaline dump and everything, you got to just be as calm as possible to get yourself out of that situation. And the calmer you are, the more calm that animal is going to be. But if you start getting worked up, that animal is going to feed into it and that's just going to work it up more. So that's one of the situations when you're dealing with wild and exotic animals, you've got to, you got to get that that locked down you got to figure out how you're going to deal with a situation if it occurs so i feel like that's a really good tip for um all of us for any type of interaction you know with any any animals you maybe don't notice it as much with domestic but it's the same thing mm -hmm. but then out you yeah. know any, any type of wildlife, when we have an interaction, if we can bring ourselves to the present, you know, use our breath, whatever, calm, it seems right. like, yeah, it would make a big difference. Um, yeah. What would you say is uh, a way that we could help snakes and other reptiles? Um, basically just respect them. They're here. They have to share the same planet as us. Um, they were here before us. Um, for instance, um, I've had uh, one of the things I do um, is I'm on call by different counties in case they have a snake call. Um, if I have the time, I, if it's a venomous snake, I will go and pick it up and, and remove it from the situation. Um, most of the time, it's not. People are freaking out, saying I've got a rattlesnake and it ends up being a corn snake, something simple like that. Um, but understand, if you've got snakes in your yard, they're not going to stick around if there's not a food source. So I've actually turned that around on people saying, you know, if you see the snake all the time, you must have rats or mice or whatever, because it's not going to stick around if it's got nothing to eat. So take that as a hint that you've got another problem other than just a snake hanging out in your yard. So the animals can teach us something by just being around. Um, yeah, snakes can be scary to some people and everything, but if you keep your distance, they're not going to chase you down to bite you. So just, just understand that and keep your distance. And yeah, that's, that's basically it. Yeah. And that's any type of reptile. Cause in Florida we have, you know, I was just down South yesterday and it was, they were laughing at me because there was wild iguanas right there on the canal. And it's, it's crazy because I've got iguanas, but I still think it's cool. Even though they don't belong there, it, it's still cool. I love the alligators. I've got alligators, but I love seeing them in the wild and everything. But yeah, respecting, respecting where they are and how they, they act and 
you know, you don't have to kill something just because you don't understand it or don't like it. There's usually a reason that it's there. Hmm. So, yeah, that's, that's great. That's great. Um, what other animals would you like to highlight? Um, I don't know. You want to talk big cats? Sure. Yeah. Take your pick. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell me what a, let's start with, I mean, I know, cause I've, I've heard this from you, but what is a Liger? <laughs> cause that'll be something right. interesting for people. Yeah. Um, basically, and this is what I kid about. People call them a liger. And I'm like, no, everybody's got a liger. I've got a little liger. Um, Chimera is actually what I call the unicorn of big cats. He's not supposed to exist. Um, his dad was a lion. His mom was a liger, half lion, half tiger. It was thought that the ligers couldn't reproduce. And here, um, I know Chimera has a brother in, I believe it's Illinois. Um, so yeah, his, his mom reproduced and he's two parts lion, one part tiger. So we, uh, we have no idea how big he's going to get. Um, I'm thinking he's going to hit 900 pounds easy based on his growth rate so far. Um, yeah, he's, he's a very cool, he's mainly like a lion. Um, but he does, he likes the water, which is more of a tiger thing. But we had to teach him that too. He didn't know he liked the water until a bunch of us went in the pool. And one of his best buddies is, we call her the sister. Um, it's one of our tigers. They hang out together. And if she's in the pool, a lot of times he'll want to go in the pool and all. So it's, it's kind of the best of both worlds. But yeah, he is going to be a big, big boy for sure. And he's and getting his mane in. We don't know how big his mane is, but he's getting his mohawk is now real wide where it was like this little tiny thing. And um, I kid, I say he's going to pretty soon have the Donald Trump comb over because it's starting <laughs> to get long. So, yeah, he's just a really unique animal. And we're very fortunate that he um, he does have more of the lion personality, which is a very social. They're socially dom dominant as far as as animals go. So they like to have, um, they, we, he's got his pride of people and his one tiger is a part of his pride. So yeah, he's, he's a very cool animal, very smart, very cool animal to work with. Kind of clumsy, but that's because he's growing so fast. So, but he, <laughs> he is a sweetheart, most of all. It's so um, adorable. And I love how you say he's got his pride of people because that's the reality yeah, of his unique life. That is, <laughs> that so is. Cute. So, and I've had, I've had, um, I had this old USDA officer. Oh my God. But he's like, you better not be going in with him when he's bigger. He's going to kill you and everything. And, you know, I've worked with big cats long enough to know what I can do and what I can't do. And yeah, accidents happen for sure. Accidents happen. But um, yeah, he's him being aggressive. The most deadly thing on that cat is his tail, to be honest. And that sounds funny, but he was raised in the house. First thing I taught him was no bite, no claws. So we can literally put our whole hand or arm in his mouth and he won't bite down. Um, he's never used his claws on us. Very well behaved in that regard. Um, but yeah, he runs around like, like, you know how puppies run around with their tails up and wagging and all. He'll do that, but his tail is huge. And he's actually, um, he actually split my lip one time, gave somebody a bloody nose, gave somebody a black eye, about knocked somebody out. And so yeah, when you when you watch us in with him, we're always kind of holding his tail and watching his tail, which is really funny considering he's a carnivore, a big cat. So he's got the, the coolest little personality, the coolest, sweetest, goofy personality. 
It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. And, you know, it's interesting because he's only that way because he, his life is so unique, how he's like grown up with you, you know? So it's right. like, I think, um, a lot of times we see a situation, like how comfortable the cats are with you and how comfortable you are with the cats. And, and it's easy to think, well, that's, that's a norm. Like they're so sweet and cuddly, just like our, you know, I mean, our home cats aren't sweet and cuddly, but you know, you just get this like right. view that, that they're somehow right. sweet and cuddly, but like they aren't at all, you know, it's, it's like the, it's a very unique situation. So I'm just thinking, yeah. I want to point that out that like your situation is very unique. It's not the norm for yeah. a big cat yeah, to be comfortable. Right. And, and like I said, accidents do happen. We have to watch, you know, we have certain things we watch for and everything. Um, we have a tiger named Tyrion that was originally raised in the house too, raised the same way and all he had, um, before I got him, he had something extremely bad happen to him. I don't know what it is, but, um, there was an incident in the house where he was sitting one time and I've got like an Island in my kitchen. Like you can walk around, but you can't really see around the corner. And one time I came around the corner, did not know he was sitting there that little cub went into full-on wildness and held it for a while i've worked a lot of big cats i have never seen a cat that young go full-on wild and then hold it as long as he did and i told my my boyfriend at the time i said he's going to be the one to watch he's going to kill somebody and sure enough as he got older um transitioned out of the house into his big area um, for a while, uh, my boyfriend and I were going in with him. I had a couple other volunteers that were going in with him, but we noticed he was, he was trying to control his wildness, his wild side, but he'd go back and forth really quick. It would, it would zip, zip, zip back and forth. Like he was really trying to be good, but for some reason he, the wildness would come out. So I had to call it and say, nobody in with him ever again. It's, it's just too much of a risk. So even though he was raised the same way as I raised Camara and the other tiger, who's an absolute sweetheart, well-behaved, it, it's something that happened to him before us that he couldn't fully get past. So you have to take that into consideration too. No matter, I've had people say, well, if you raise him with love and care, nothing will happen. They'll love you and all. No. The wild, they're still a wild animal. There is a chance the wildness will come out. You throw a big piece of steak down in front of a tiger, no matter how, how you raised them, that tiger is going to go off. That's just what they do. So luckily, Camara the Laliger, the only time we ever see him get possessive is over a deer torso. Like I can walk in, hand him a deer leg, hand him a deer neck. He's fine. The torso makes him absolutely wild. So, and that's something we know. So when we get a deer, and in fact, fishing game dropped off a deer yesterday um, that I'm going to be butchering out. Once I butcher that out and all, before I bring that up there, he's going out in his big play area and then I'll bring the torso in and then let him in. So yeah, it's a whole different thing, but yeah, it's not just how you raise them. That, that means a lot, but it's also whatever happened to them before you got them. And um, yeah, just knowing the animal, it's still a wild animal. Monkeys, a monkey can go off at any time and you might not even know why it's going off. So it's just something that you need to be prepared to deal with if you're going to get, get that kind of animal. It's fascinating. 
It really is. It's just so fascinating. Never boring and, at my place. No, you know, and like you mentioned, you have so many different kinds of animals that, yeah, it's just really, I just want to encourage everybody to go to your website, go to your Instagram page. The website is at carefoundationflorida. Okay. Let you, you say it because I'm going to mess um, it up. The, the website is the carefoundation, all one word.org. O-R-G. Yeah. And that's actually, we just redid it and it's actually still being built. In fact, I've got a meeting about that Friday. Um, So we're missing a lot of things on there, but yeah. um, So keep going back and checking because there's going to be changes we're adding to it. So, and um, I came up with um, a friend of mine uh, helped me with a video. Um, When you open it up, it's really cool. Um, I'm a big 6am fan, the band 6am. And ever since I heard this one song, I envisioned um, a video for it. And that's what we have on the opening. And it's our, our Tigers and Camara, the Liger, out playing and everything. It's really cool. So definitely click on the music part and, and watch that because you'll be amazed at how these Tigers can move and, and how they are out in the big play area. So that's so definitely awesome. check that out. That's and really I awesome. I do the Instagram and we talked about that in the broadcast. Yeah, I have a lot of fun with that. So you get to see a lot of things that most people don't get to see because I live on property and I know all the animals so well. Uh huh. Yeah, that's so true. And that one you can find at Care Foundation Florida on Instagram. We'll have links to everything. You have a YouTube channel as well, right? Actually, um, ironically, we just started one. Um, A friend of mine, actually, uh, I don't know if you follow Monkey Boo on Instagram. Does that sound familiar to you? No. We are now officially a part of the Monkey Boo crew. Uh, okay. Monkey Boo is a monkey that um, he's a YouTube and Instagram celebrity, you might say. And uh, his owner and I started talking and we got to be good friends. And in fact, hopefully in, in a week or so, they're going to be coming down. Um, Pete, the guy that owns them, has a... Um, just bought a, a mobile home, like a Winnebago. I'm calling it the Winnebago. <laughs> so he'll, uh, he'll actually be bringing the three monkeys. He's, he owns three monkeys himself. And then his friend has Ollie, the monkey. Um, but they'll be coming down, spending time with us. And he just started um, doing our YouTube channel. So um, yeah, you can check that out now because we're actually getting that going. And while he's here, we're going to be shooting a lot of video and doing interviews and stuff like that. Um, sharing experiences because yeah he's been all over the place with monkey boo and monkey boo is hilarious i mean there's um there's one video he put up of um amos having a picnic with monkey boo and it happens fast but if you watch it it is so funny this is what i'm talking about the different personalities of monkeys and all the picnic was going great and then pete offered out of monkey boo's lunchbox offered amos something I don't remember what it was, but it was a piece of food and monkey boo got ticked off and actually picked up a tomato and threw it at Amos. And then he got, then monkey boo, just to make it worse towards Pete, got in my lap and cuddled with me. So it, it, the video is hilarious. I mean, I was sitting there and I didn't, I didn't catch as fast as it happened. I didn't, I didn't realize boo actually threw the tomato at Amos. I just saw, you know, all of a sudden, but it was hilarious. So yeah, check out the YouTube channel too. 
So so funny. Oh my gosh. So many good places for people to go. So we'll, we'll have everything linked. Um, thank you so much. Thank you so much for taking the time to share all of this with us. I think, um, you know, it's just, it's really neat to get a glimpse into, your life there, you know, and I hope people, um, if you're listening to the bonus episode, I hope you'll go back and listen to the beginning of the original episode, because in there we talk about ways that you can go and visit Kristen's property and support her and also get to see all of these animals that we're describing. It's, um, it's just such a great opportunity to be able to get a glimpse into your life and into those animals lives today, as well as, um, to be able to visit you. So I, um, I hope people will take you up on it, on the offer to come there and visit. Oh, thank you so much. And word of mouth means a lot to us. So yeah, everybody, if they'll just pass on the information and anybody that's an animal that loves animals, definitely check out our stuff out. And, and we support other groups too, as we were talking about in the podcast, I've got my sister's sanctuaries and all that. So yeah, we all help each other and check everybody out and a lot of fun. And that's all for today. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening and for supporting the show. If you're up for it, ratings and reviews are really helping us right now as a new show. You can do those if you listen on Apple or on Stitcher. Otherwise, the best thing you can do to help is to tell a friend. I really appreciate your help in um, helping us grow this community. Remember that you can always join me live for interviews at foranimalsforearth.com slash live. Just check out that link to see when the next one is scheduled. And if you want to get in touch with me personally, I'd love to hear from you. Come say hi. You can DM me on Instagram at foranimalsforearth. Okay, until next time. Bye.